This message was recorded live at Elevate Church in Erie, Pennsylvania. As followers of Christ, we follow a God who was crucified, dead, buried, got up, walked out of the tomb, demonstrating that there's nothing that you and I can't walk out of. He doesn't love me based on my performance. God loves me based on my position. It matters so much that we imitate Christ and we live out those principles. There's nothing that you could do. There's there's no great sin that you could have ever committed that would be a barrier between you and Jesus. To learn more about Elevate, how you can get connected, or how you can support the work that Elevate is doing in Erie, visit elevateerie.tv. How you guys doing tonight? All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'm so glad that you guys are here. Uh, I want to welcome you. My name is Colby, and this is going to be a little bit different of a night for us. If you're a first-time guest here, we're doing something a little different as we're taking our kind of year-end until Jesus runs this town offering, and it's going to be part of the service tonight. We're going to have an opportunity to do that at the end, and I'm going to explain what that's all about uh, just so everybody's on the same page, but before we do, uh, I just got a couple announcements for you. If you haven't yet made a Gem City Christmas, man, you're missing out. We're going to start these this coming uh, Friday and Saturday, and it's just an incredible time. Five services. They're all candlelight services. It's a great time together, and I would encourage you to come early, all right? Get here early. They fill up, so make sure you have time to get here. And then on December 25th, which is Sunday, we're not going to be having services here. It takes hundreds of volunteers to pull off a Gem City Christmas Therefore, on Sunday, December 25th, we're all going to reunite with our families and reconnect, reintroduce ourselves uh, to the ones that, that we've been missing for the last you know, month or so as we get ready for this. And then, then, next week on Saturday is our praise party. And let me just tell you, if you haven't come to a praise party, this really is one of the, the best things that you can do in starting out your new year. It's saying, God, I'm gonna put you First, and you come, these people that come to praise party, they're crazy, they're wild, they're like, we're worshiping for like two hours, we get a word, and we start at 10 p.m., and we go till six in the morning. No, not, not even close to that, but because it does go all through the night, again, that Sunday, we're going to be at home with our families, but we're also going to put a link online if you'd like to attend service with your family online, but then January 8th. We're kicking off our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Again, we're setting aside the first part of this year to really focus on what God wants to do in our lives, in our church, in your homes, in your families. Everyone knows that God blesses what's given first. The first part of our our finances, the first part of our time, it's all the same. He takes that and he blesses the rest of it. So it's important for us to set forth the beginning of the year and just have him just bless the rest of it. We can't wait to do that. Tonight, though, as we talk about our Until Jesus Runs This Town offering, many of you have come ready or prepared to give uh, because we've been talking about this for several weeks. And the reason why we put that out there a long time ago is because of a core value we have that we don't believe you should give out of compulsion. That I think some of the best giving is, the, is planned giving, right? It's purposeful giving. You shouldn't just give in the moment. Now, sometimes, yeah, God might lead you to do that, But most of the time, I think you should have this planned approach towards your giving. And so once a year, we set aside a Sunday 
that's for our above and beyond, just waiting to see, God, how do you want to accelerate the mission and the vision of this church? And so that day is today. And so that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, if you have your Bible, you can open up to Psalm chapter 139. And while you're turning there, here's what you need to know. God's called us to be a multiplying church. I really believe that. I believe the best way to reach people who are far from God in our city is through church plants. Like, we've seen over 3,000 people cross the line of faith since we've launched this church. It's the best way to reach out and do that. In fact, we kicked off this series uh, talking about where. Like, where is God calling us? We looked at Isaiah chapter 43, where he was talking about the past and what he's, God's delivered his people from, but then saying, hey, that was good, but let's not live there. Like, forget all that, because I'm about to do something more, something better, something that's gonna blow your mind. We said, God's, you know, good, it's good, but God's not done. And we looked at some possibilities of where God is leading us. We said to the north, east, the west, and the south. And that, you know, is one of those acrostics for news, right? Like the good news. Is that acrostic or is that a acronym? Is that an, an acrostic? Does anybody know? It's five, you guys don't even care. All right, whatever, I don't care either. Whatever that thing's called, that's what that is. And we said, you know what? God's gonna lead us and, and he's just gonna, wherever he opens up a door that we wanna go through because we really believe in multiplying. And we talked about a dream center, a mobile dream center where we're gonna reach out into our communities, into our cities, not wait for people to come to us with needs. And we're gonna go meet them right where they are. And we're excited about that. And by the way, our students, your students that are in middle school and high school, they stepped up this last Wednesday, went first, and they gave $383 towards their mobile dream center truck. That's awesome. I forgot to tell people in their earlier services. So I just think that's unbelievable that they did that. So that's the where. Then we talked about the who. And so last week we said, you know, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have uh, embedded in your spiritual DNA now this, this um, need to invite people to follow the same Jesus that you follow. In fact, Jesus said that followers fish. And so we talked about the people in your own circles of influence the people in your life that you need to invite. And we put this map outside on the wall. If you haven't done that yet, I encourage you after the service to go out and do it. Take a pen, mark where you live, but then also take five other pens marking uh, some people that you commit to inviting over the next year. People that we have you know, the ability to reach out. And if you look at that map, it's just awesome to see the, the potential impact that we can have in our county. I love it, I love it. Somebody was from Canada and so they jumped up as high as they could and put one way up in the lake up there. So that's the, that's the who. So today is about the when. It's really all about the when. Because like, when are we going to do these things? I don't know. We will never outpace the generosity of this church. And that's really kind of what this offering is all about. We're just going to go at the speed of your giving. And I really believe that our first responsibility is locally, is the planting churches, is doing everything that we can to do to reach people in our immediate area. But then also nationally, I believe America needs God now more than ever. And some of you know this, some of you don't, but we're a part of a church planting organization called ARC, the Association of Related Churches. We were ARC church plant number 250. Those of you that have been here from the beginning, you remember those days of being portable and, and you know, what all that looked like. Well, we're a part of this organization and they planted hundreds of churches. They do amazing things. So you guys are a part of actually reaching out uh, nationwide and overseas as well through ARC. And real quick, I wanna show you a video of the impact that we're having just this year through ARC. Watch this. 
what's happening, Elevate Church and Pastor Colby. I just want to thank you guys for being such a generous, faithful church. Because of your partnership with ARC, we've been able to plant a lot of churches this year. It's been a great year of planting churches, reaching communities, and making a difference in people's lives because of the cause of Christ. Thanks a lot. Check out the story of what God has done. You know, ARC this year was an incredible year. We were able to say yes to a lot of couples who wanted to plant a church. We planted over 79 churches this year on one Sunday. One Sunday, we launched over 26 churches. That was a fantastic day uh, in the history of ARC. I believe it's a fantastic day in church history, that many churches being planted. Well, it takes big money to plant a church. ARC has figured out a way to help people like me and my bride fulfill our dream. It really blew our mind the amount of resources they gave us and really helped us take this vision that's in our heart and put it on paper and practically begin to outline the steps of how do we really launch a church first class. They really spoke into that and it's made a huge difference in our journey. ARC has been amazing to sow resources into uh, what we're doing. It means the world to us. Without that, we just, we, we wouldn't be here. When I first thought about planning an art church, um, I thought about some of the details, some of the practicals. Man, they're gonna give you the X's and O's on how to do it. And I thought the financial piece and the training, that's gonna be the piece that I need, that practical piece. But in this journey, what I have found is that I found a brotherhood. And these guys have been family. The relationships that have been built, those people have just been amazing. Just pouring into us, giving us all the all of the information, all of their successes they've had, the challenges they've had. We wouldn't have that. I couldn't find that anyplace else. They've been willing to partner with what God has spoke to us, and that's priceless to have people with you, arm in arm, stride in stride, saying, let's win more people to the kingdom. Without ARC's sacrifice, giving, believing in church planners like me, this would have never happened. We've watched some of these networks globally say, hey, we're gonna take that same model we can plant churches in our nation. So it's really amazing to watch this same model be replicated globally. This year, we were able to give over $4 million into launching new churches. When you give, uh, and then we turn around and we give it to another church planter, you just see that dream continue. Going forward in 2017 and beyond, the, the, the dream is that we'll be able to plant over 100 churches. That's never happened for us. That's 100 couples that have a dream in their heart to make an impact. And just imagine what that's going to do for that community. That's a hundred locations. That's that's a hundred worship environments. Could that be a hundred dream centers? Could that be a hundred places of providing life and making a difference? And it's really not about the number hundred. It's about the people. It's about the impact. I just want to thank all of our art churches, all the art family. Uh, without you, it wouldn't be possible. Every one of you that have given, every one of you that, that are part of these great churches uh, that you're in today, because of your giving, your generosity, we get to talk to you about amazing things that are happening through church planning. So I just want to say a big thank you on behalf of Pastor Greg at ARC and all the lead team and all the churches, all the church planners that are living out the dream. It's because of your generosity. So thanks a lot for being a part of ARC. So most of you guys don't even realize you're a part of that. And your generosity, your giving helps to support that. We continually support ARC uh, throughout the year. And my wife and I, we planted through these guys and have several friends that did as well. And it's just been an incredible journey. And the last thing I'll say about kind of accelerating our generosity before we dive in is that you should do it on your own too. That's why we have these cards out in the lobby that say, happy holidays, this one's on me. 
And what these cards are for is just a random act of kindness that you can take a bunch of these cards, and as you go through Starbucks, as you go through Tim Hortons, right, as you get your coffee, pay for the guy behind you. And then give them this card and invite them as well to come be a part of Gem City here and maybe have an opportunity to meet Jesus and understand that he came, lived, and died on their behalf. So, Colby, why? Why all this talk about generosity? Like, my goal today is to help us kind of wrap this up and make sense of it. And I want to use kind of a a story that maybe is not often talked a lot about, you know, in this kind of message. And it's found in Psalm 139, if you're there. And I want to introduce an idea that God wrote a story. And that we're all a part of his story. Like we all have a role to play. We're all characters in this already written, already laid out story. And in verse 16, he says this, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Now notice it's singular, all right? There's only one story, that's it. It's just his story, it's one story. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. In other words, God designed it so that you and I would be an integral part of his story. Now, like in all great stories, in all great movies, great novels that you read, every great story has a problem that needs to be resolved. Every story has a problem, and it needs a solution. And in the story of humankind, of humanity, of planet Earth, the problem is this, that people are generally left empty, they're left unfulfilled, And they have unmet needs. More often than not, we feel empty, unfulfilled, and have unmet needs. And some of you might be here tonight and say, Colby, that describes me. That's exactly where I am tonight. And you know you're like this because you've tried to find your own solution to the problem. You've tried to find your own fulfillment, and maybe you've looked for it in in your career. Maybe you've looked for it in, in finances. Maybe you've looked for it in people or possessions or something. You've tried to do this on your own. You put pressure on things to be your fulfillment that could never be your fulfillment, that could never ultimately fulfill you. So you put your hope in your job. You put your hope in your favorite sports team, unless you're a Browns fan. rough. You put your hope in, you know, your academics. You put your hope in your, in your portfolio. You put your hope in, your, uh, in your, your money, something that can never fill any of that. You're empty, unfulfilled, and have unmet needs. And the thought that I want to throw out there, and I hope that you leave here with and can build on, and you're going to see the, the genius of God in this, how he orchestrated all this, is God's goal in this story is to solve this, it really is. That he wants to solve those in your life. That God's whole goal for humanity is fulfillment. That he didn't just come uh, to involve you in a problem, but he came to offer the solution as well. And the role of the church, yeah, we're supposed to be ambassadors of Christ and to make an impact in our world. That's a part of it, but there's more. That he doesn't just want to accomplish his mission in the world, but he wants to fulfill you as well. That he's longing to to fulfill you right where you are. You're his children. Like, he loves you. We're his, his family. God cares and is concerned about you. About you living this fulfilled life. That's why I'll show it to you in 1 John chapter 5. 
it says this, and this is what God has testified. In other words, you want to know what God's all about? Here it is right here. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son, right? That's, that's salvation. Whoever has the son has life. Who does not have God's son does not have life. Anybody recognize the, the consistent word in that passage? What is it? It's life. Life. And this word life doesn't just mean that, you know, you're going to get a shot at heaven one day. It's not just talking about this eternal life. It's bigger than that. In fact, the Greek word used for life here is the word zoe. Everyone say zoe. Zoe. And zoe means like you possess this vitality. Like you live this, this fully alive kind of life. It's the state of one who's possessed with vitality that ultimately God's purpose for you and for me is that you would be possessed, not in a weird way or a scary way, but with vitality, with this fully alive life. And if that's his ultimate goal for you, then so is that the ultimate goal of this church as well, that you would be fully alive, that you would live life elevated. You'd experience uh, this, this fullness. And that he's not just concerned about getting his projects done on earth. He's concerned about you. And he wants you to be fulfilled. Jesus said it this way in John 10, 10, that the thief comes to do the opposite of what God does, to steal, kill, and destroy. And this is not physically, necessarily. Like, he wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your hope. He wants to kill your life. He wants to make your life a living hell. But Jesus said this, I've come that you may have what? Life. Zoe, and that you may have it to the full. You might be fully alive. Now, here's what's awesome about this, all right? And I'm hoping this will, I can connect the dots in your heart with this tonight. Because something that God wrote that put in motion this story, you know, thousands of years ago, man has been searching for this for his whole life. Man and woman, we've been searching for this. In fact, in fact, scientists thought they figured this out. There's a guy named Abraham Maslow. How many of you remember Maslow from school? Maslow wrote, he was a psychologist, wrote his The Hierarchy of Needs back in 1943. Anyway, Maslow, pretty much his study said that, I think I figured out what drives man, what motivates man, you know, what, what gets us to, to move forward, what our needs are, and he wrote these hierarchy of needs. Initially, there were, there were five, and that's been expanded now into eight. And when you see this, here's what you're gonna understand. Evolution didn't do this. Evolution couldn't do this. Only God could design it this way. Only God can make this happen. And you'll see it because scientists are like, well, figured it out. No, no, no. God figured this out. God wrote this down a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That's a, that's a Rogue One reference. I don't know if anybody saw that. Star Wars? Not yet? Okay, whatever. <laughs> he said we have eight needs. And you can write these down if you want to. They're gonna be up on the screen. He said you have physical needs. It's the first need that we have, your physical needs. This is your need to breathe. Most of you in this room, you're getting that need met right now. If you're not getting that need met right now, you got a problem, all right? You got some issues. This is your need to eat, right? To stay alive for, for air, for water. This is your physical, biological needs. And then he said we have safety needs. And a lot of us feel this too, especially today. Right? We look at the world, we look at what's happening, we, we worry about our safety. People worry. This is the reason why you, you buckle your seatbelt when you drive. 
This is the reason why you lock your door at night to protect yourself, to protect your family. We have safety needs. And then we have love needs. It's your need to belong. Your need for affection. This is the reason why you care about how many likes you have on Facebook. How many people, you know, do the heart thing on Instagram or whatever that is. Like, like this is need to, to, to be loved. And then you have esteem needs. This is your need to feel good about yourself. This is why you like compliments. In fact, right now, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, just look him in the eye. Hey, you're looking good tonight. Go ahead and do it. You're looking good. And maybe that was weird if you didn't know your neighbor. <laughs> or maybe it wasn't weird. Maybe that was divine intervention right there. What's up? <laughs> like we have these needs, these self-esteem kinds of needs. And Maslow said these first four, these are called your survival needs or your deficiency needs. In fact, you can lose these. And you, you constantly need to kind of, you know, fill these up to build them up. And by the way, 85% of Americans say they have their physical needs met. 75% say they have their safety needs met. 50%, 50% say they, they're loved. They feel like they belong. 40% feel like they have their esteem needs met. But these next four, this is what I wanna look at. These are the higher order needs. And this is what I want you to see. The evolution couldn't do this. God created it this way. God designed you and I this way. He says we have these cognitive needs. That's why we like Documentaries. That's why we like shows like um, How It's Made or what's that Mike Rowe show? Uh, Dirty Jobs. Yeah, I love watching that stuff. Like this, our, our need to know things, our need to learn, our need to grow, our cognitive needs. And then we have aesthetic needs. This is your need to make things beautiful. This is why you landscape your yard. This is why you, you, you paint, you draw, you, you sing, you write poetry. This is our need to make things beautiful. But the last two really define what this day is about. And one, the next one is self-actualization needs. Initially, Maslow said this was the highest one. And that's just a fancy way of saying your need to achieve. This is your need to be successful. This is your need to reach your full potential. This need is the one that drives why you're competitive in sports. This is the need that, that makes you a thrill seeker, right? This is the need that says, you know, this is why you want to go skydiving, why you want to go Rocky Mountain climbing, why you went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. You didn't know I knew a country song, did you? That's the only one I know. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. But this is our, our need to achieve, right? And it's basically when you achieve things, you, you feel like this need is met. Anything that's fulfilling in yourself is self-actualization. In fact, studies say that only 2% of Americans, 2% of Americans have this need met. And for college students, we got any college students, 0.1% of you know why you were created. That's why this one is huge to us. We want you to discover why it is that you're here. We believe that God has a plan and purpose for your life. We say there are two great days, like the day that you're born and then the day you discover why you were born. And we want that for you. That's why we say our mission is so that people who are far from God can reach their full potential in Christ so that you understand your purpose, that, that you, you reach that self-actualization need that that's met in your life. You discover why you were born, but check it out. This isn't the highest need that you have. It's not it. 
The highest need met is when now it's all about others. It's called transcendence needs. Transcendence means to to go beyond. This is to live beyond. This is to live a life in such a way that you understand there's more to this life than just this life. To live a life, you know, for others. That that's why today this makes a lot of sense. That God designed you this way. He designed me this way. That we would go on this journey. That we'd be a part of his story to have our needs met. To be ultimately fulfilled. To live that Zoe life. And he placed in you this desire. This desire to get there. And that you'll never experience ultimate fulfillment until you have those needs met. And I just think this is unbelievable. That only God could do this. Only God is able to accomplish his mission on earth while at the same time meeting your needs, fulfilling your highest needs. Only God can simultaneously fulfill his mission and fulfill you as well. When we reach that point where we understand it's not about our life and science comes along and says we figured it out. We know it drives people. Uh Uh-uh. This has been what God has said Since the beginning, it's how he created us. In fact, Wall Street Journal came out with an article in August of 2013 called Hardwired to Give. And essentially what they said was, is when you give, when you live generously, when you give generously, there's actually a chemical that's released in your brain. And it gives you this sensation of pleasure. I think that's hysterical. Because this is something that God planned and put inside of you from the beginning. That when you give, when you and I are generous, that's why the Bible says blessed, it is more blessed to give, right, than to receive. And that word uh, uh, blessed is the word makarios, which literally means that there's a sensation or a feeling of happiness, that a chemical is released in your brain when you give. I just love that, that this is God's design from the start, that you get this happy high when you give. And that's the only kind of high that you should have, right? Like, I, I just love that God did this. You're like, Colby, why? Why? You know, I don't understand. Like, why are you telling me this? It just makes me love God that much more. To know that as I choose to follow him, that he doesn't say, all right, Colby, now I command you to go serve others. Because nobody wants to do that. Like, be commanded. No, I command you to do this. No, he says, this is going to help you be Fulfilled. This is when you're going to be fully alive. This is when you're going to live that Zoe kind of life, when your focus of your life is on others. He says, you know, even, you know, when you're fulfilling my mission, I had you in mind because you're fulfilled at the same time. Just think God is amazing the way he designed us. And in fact, if you look at the Bible and all the verses on generosity, Most of the time, the motivation for our generosity has nothing to do with being on the receiving end of our generosity. Most of the time. Like, God never says, give because it's going to change people's lives. Like, he cares about it, right? And it it will change people's lives. But most of the time, the verses talk about what it does in you when you give. Like, that's our motivation, talks more about what happens in us and not as much about what happens in the person receiving it. In other words, the giver often gets more than the getter. 
The giver gets more than the getter, and getter is a word. You can look it up, all right? I wanted to make sure I got it right. But the giver gets more than the getter. Colby, that's crazy. I don't buy into that. You know, show me. All right, I'll show you. Look at Proverbs eleven twenty four. Give freely and become more wealthy. Love this. Give freely and you'll become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. So notice that when you do this, how it impacts you, how it affects you. And then look at the very next verse, the generous prosper. When you're generous, you prosper. God is motivating you for what it also does for you. And I'm not saying this is why you give. I just think it's interesting that God designed it this way. He's motivating us. He says, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Now, all this to say, I think this defines what God is all about. I think this defines what this church is all about. I think this defines what, what today is really all about. That today is not just about this sacrifice that you're going to make about making a difference in our county, in our, in our city, in our communities. It's not just about that, but really, it does something on the inside of us, too. Now, this is the way we live a transcendent life, a life beyond our life. This is the way we become fully alive and live this Zoe life. And because I love you, here's what you need to know. My goal, that map, you know, and potential church plants and, and where we want to go, that's great, but that's not why I'm doing this. Like, ultimately, my goal, I'm a pastor. My first responsibility is you. And if I can help lead you and guide you to living a fully alive life, I mean, that's when my, well done, you know, Colby, when the church is fully alive. Well done, Colby, when you leave here, and, and even though life is tough, and even though you go through stuff, right, and it's hard, at the end of the day, you say, you know what, I'm still experiencing a fully alive kind of life, a Zoe life. That's my ultimate goal. Like, it's not to increase the platform of Elevate Church. It's never been about that. Please excuse me if you ever thought it was. There's nothing inside of me, there's nothing inside of our staff that just wants to be a big church just because. It's never been about that. Like, in fact, this is, this is, this is fine with me. This is big enough for me, right? I'm good with this. I, I don't even, I'm surprised you guys even come. You know, I don't even know. Really, honestly, I don't have a clue. It's not about that. It's never been about that. That I just want to stand before God and say, you know what? I pointed people to you. And I pointed them to how they could live a fully alive Zoe kind of life in you. And today, as we get ready, you know, and, and kind of together join in this until Jesus runs this town offering, I don't ask you to participate because it's going to change lives. I believe that it will. In fact, I think this church does really all that we can with all that we have to make the greatest impact we have. And we will always have more vision than we have resource. I mean, I, I just, it's just the way it is. Like we, we just got big vision. We know that God wants to do amazing things. And that's where our faith comes into play as well. And it matters to me a lot that we reach out into our communities and impact thousands of people. That matters. But here's the twist on the message today. A lot of this is for you. It's really for you. In fact, Paul 
instructing this young pastor, Timothy, in the faith. This is what he said. He said, tell them, tell your church to use their money to do good. And here's what I want to say. Church, I really want you to do that. Like, do good. Do good. Like, like be wise. Like, don't just, you know, give in the moment under compulsion, but, but plan for it. Like, think about it. Pray. Ask God what he would have you do. Use it to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. Now, if you read it and it stopped right there, you'd think, all right, that's good. That's enough. That's powerful enough, you know, for me. I'm going to do it. You know, God's, you know, telling me to do it, but it doesn't stop there. It says this, by doing this, two things happen. First, they will be storing up their treasure. Again, I want you to notice that God is not motivating you to do something just for others' benefit. He's motivating you to do it for others' benefit, but also for your benefit as well. You benefit from it, storing up your treasure as a good foundation for the future so they may experience true life, Zoe life, so that you may be possessed with vitality, so that you may be fully alive. God says, I want you to do this and watch what happens in you. This joy comes into your life. This joy comes into your, your marriage. This joy comes into your family. This joy comes into your work. This, you just have this fully alive kind of life, this joy. Everything changes when you live a transcendent life, a life beyond yourself, that you understand that your life is more than just this life. It's about living for others. Now, I don't ever make the whole offering and generosity thing a big deal. Like, you know that. If you come to this church and you've been here for any amount of time, like, it's about as low-key around here as it gets, honestly. Like, we, we say, you know what, and a lot of times we'll tell guests, you know, please don't feel obligated to be a part of this. You know, this is our gift to you. But today, I'm breaking that rule. Again, my job as a pastor, I want to help guide you and lead you into that fully alive life. And again, it's not about getting something from you, but it really is about getting something for you. And so I'm breaking that rule, and I think this is what we should do today. I think all of us should go as all in as we can. Like, let's make the biggest difference that we, we can. Let's have the impact that God wants us to have. Let's just, let's just go, and as, as we have resources, we'll, we'll go. We'll plant churches. We'll reach more and more people. But ultimately, it's not just about that. It's for you, too. It's going to change you, too. It's going to change your life. And so in just a moment, as we get ready to give, here's what I want you to know. Um, generosity has nothing to do with the size of the gift. A lot of people will say, well, they were very generous. You know, when they see a big gift or something like that come through, oh, they must be really generous. But you have no idea. Maybe what was, you know, wasn't really a big gift for them. Generosity has less to do with the size of the gift and more to do with the size of the sacrifice. And so I understand. Times can be tough. It can be challenging I get it, and only you know if that's a generous gift or not. Only you know if that, that's a sacrifice that's gonna stretch you, that's gonna increase your faith 
and what God has for you. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna prepare to give and some of you, maybe God's speaking to your heart. Those of you, you've been praying about this for a long time and I'm so excited that today is the day you get to follow through. I really am. I love that. We come and we give with, with gladness in our hearts. We're excited about the opportunity to give back to God. So why don't you guys stand to your feet. As we get ready to give, why don't you bow your head. We're gonna sing a song. Once we start singing, you just come forward and we're gonna give. But let's first pray. And I would just say, right now, take an opportunity. Just ask God, if you haven't yet, God, what would you have me do? Let's bow our heads. Some of you today, maybe you brought a gift and God's challenged you on it. Maybe for some of you, you got to tear that check up and you got to write a different one because he's moved your heart. Because only you know if it's generous or not. Only you know if it's a sacrifice or not. God, I pray right now, that as we prepare to give, that not only is it gonna have an impact in our city and in our county, but it's gonna have an impact in us too. That we would be a church marked by being fully alive. That we'd be known as a, a Zoe church. That as we go out, yes, there are things in this world that we face that come against us. There's trouble on every side, but we have faith, God, that you can move those mountains. We have faith, God, that you will provide for us, that you are a God of, of ultimate provision, that you've already taken care of our needs. So today, as we prepare to give back to you, God, I pray that you would fill us, you'd strengthen us for the road ahead. In Jesus' precious name, amen. We're always encouraged to know that God is using Elevate to bless people's lives. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, share your story online at elevateerie.tv.